Hey, this is Brandon Ludwig, and you're listening to Beam Me Up Scotty, starring Scotty Too Honey, Kenny Scott Guffey, Brian Labuda, Dawson Maiman, and Trevor Lasseur. in your life when you were cast in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory? Not a lot. I was at school. Um, I was at theatre school, um, and I'd actually just moved school uh, maybe a couple of months or something. Um, So I was at theatre school in London, and I'd done one job before, and at this point, you know, I was going through all the kind of casting call stuff, you know, going in for... um, auditions you know and yeah it was just a routine audition an average day at school right 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 do you um do you remember anything specific or memorable stories from the production that stand out for you oh gosh i mean where where do you start with that you know i mean you know that's a bit of a a a full-on question really but you know uh, i just remember you know lots of happy times you know we were a bunch of kids having a lot of fun on an amazing set or sets you know that each set was was remarkable oh yeah what about uh, the great gene wilder what was he like well gene was lovely very generous very kind very generous with his time you know was not standoffish just one of the guys and would you know hang around and you know we you know sit and hang out with the when we'd finished our schoolwork. you know it was always rushing to see who could finish first to go and hang out with the grown-ups right yeah absolutely so tell us what happened after Willy Wonka after the release um as far as your acting career when I Willy Wonka was not a box office success um you know it was it came and went really It, it was I don't know. It was, no, it wasn't a box office success. There's no other way of saying it. So, you know, it, back in those days, you know, we didn't have multiplexes and you were relying on your, your box office run for the success of the movie. And it came and went with probably in about three weeks in the UK, probably the same in America. It was later on that it sort of achieved the cult status. So, you know, I did the movie. I went back to school. You know, we had some post-production and then it was released a year after we finished production. Um and it did not do well so it disappeared so it was very much forgotten in my life for a long time oh wow yeah and that's kind of sad because you know we we like with my family you know we watch it you know thanksgiving christmas you know anytime around the holidays it's it's part of our tradition you know we we watch willy wonka yeah, which is so interesting isn't it that you know at the time it just went and disappeared yeah um and it was the advent of you know showing it at the holiday season and vhs when when we were able to watch things on vhs um do you remember that old thing the 
NHS. Yes. <laughs> and, and that's when it, it changed. So I think probably the 80s was when it began to have a revival. Yeah. I think it it and um, The Wizard of Oz, I think, kind of followed the same path because um, they, again, neither one of them, like you said, were box office successes, I think, when they were originally released, but now they're beloved by people all over the world. How does that feel to you to have been in a film that is loved the world over? It's a very strange thought, really, that something that is a big part of my childhood is a big part of other people's childhoods. And, you know, that's that's kind of strange when people comment on, you know, they, we feel we have some kind of ownership on it. It's like my, my personal scrapbook, but other people feel the same way. Oh, yeah. So in 2005, there was a reimagining. Did you see? <laughs> Did you? <laughs> Wash your mouth out, sir. <laughs> okay, so that answers my question <laughs> for that <laughs> one. I'm afraid you'll have to speak up. I'm sorry, all, all questions must be submitted in writing. <laughs> so, do you have any upcoming events or special projects? Anything you want to promote while I'm on here? Or is everything kind of on hold because of uh, COVID right now? Well, um, I don't have anything to promote, so I don't even know why I'm here, really. But <laughs> um, no, I retired from acting 12 years ago, pretty much around about then and made decision to retrain and became a psychotherapist and that is what I do now um, and have done for the last 12 years and so I have no plans to go back to acting again I do stuff with you know a couple of the other guys um, there's a chain of movie theatres that we used to visit once a year the Alamo Draft House which I absolutely love doing and they show the movie on the big screen and that was a lot of fun and I get to travel all over the states and meet fans and I really enjoyed that but obviously that's on hold and it's the 50th anniversary this year and that's you know, no events are going to happen for that, which is a shame, but, you know, yeah. we'll see. Um, but, yeah, I, I wrote a book, well, it's 10 years ago now, and uh, it's called I Want It Now, and you can get it off Amazon. Um, you used to be able to get it signed from me, but unfortunately, during COVID, they doubled the postage charges, and it makes it a crazy, stupid price. So I wow. stopped mailing it. I know, it's just ridiculous. It costs more to send it to the States than it does to buy the blooming book. So, you know, you've got to really want a signed copy, but you can buy it off Amazon, and when I get to the States, then I'll sign them. Um, so, yeah, it's called I Want It Now, and it was my memoirs of life on the set and includes the letters that I wrote home to my mum, and she kept all those. So they formed the basis. But there's been a lot of talk about, you know, it's 10 years ago now, and maybe I should update it because a lot of other things have happened happened to all of us to us kids Pete right. and Paris and Michael and sadly we lost Denise uh two years ago now yeah that's and, uh, terrible you know, there's a lot that's happened to us that I'm sure you know people might be interested in so I'm looking at maybe updating it oh you should absolutely and when I air the episode it'll probably be in March um I'll link right. I'll link the uh the book that way you know yeah. if people listen to it they want to buy it they can buy it yeah 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 um, um, no, go ahead. Yeah, that, that's all as far as my projects go. Um, you know, yeah, um, I, yeah, I, yep. a few things that I'm mulling over, but, um, you know, just getting through life at the moment like the rest of us. Yeah, for sure. 
What do you think Veruca Salt is doing today? What would her life be like in 2021? Well, I used to say that she'd be living in Trump Tower. However, that's a joke. <laughs> Misfires now. Um, so I'm, I'm not even going to go there. I, I think you know, she'd be a bit older too now. But if she was kind of, you know, just 30s, maybe she'd be looking at giving the Kardashians a run for their money. Maybe. Ooh, yes, I could see that. Her own reality show. I could yeah, see she that. Um, just uh, two more questions here. One is not really a question. I have a friend who absolutely loves you. His name is Cody, and he will be listening, and he wanted to know if you would say hello to him. Cody, how are you this very fine morning? And I hope you have, are having a scrumdiddly umptious day. <laughs> he will love that. That will make his entire year. Do you have any last words you would like to leave the listeners with about anything? No, I just... You know, I often get asked, and maybe, maybe you know, people want this as their ringtone. Actually, that is something I should do. Um, <laughs> my favourite line, Snozberry. Who ever heard of a Snozberry? Was one of my favourite lines. Um, yeah, actually, there is another thing I was looking at, because I, um, I know in the States, everybody seems to like pins a lot. You know, I don't know what we call them here, badges or something. Right. So um, there's, a, there's a Willy Wonka fan page, which people can join if they like. And the administrator has produced some fantastic pins on there. And then I was looking at thinking, oh, okay, maybe I should do a little Veruca Salt one for the 50th and you can be in my club. Oh, um, yes. So I, I, I may do that. I may do that. <laughs> the possibilities are entirely endless for you. I mean, you you are beloved, you know, as well as the film. And, um, you know, I just we, we just appreciate you coming on. And um, thank you very much, Miss Julie Don Cole. That's my pleasure. Okay, enjoy your day. Stay safe and well, everybody over there. And let's hope we get through this nastiness. Last week on Beam Me Up, Scotty, we had an unexpected visitor. All right, Brian, so you reviewed Breeders. Tell us about why you chose Breeders. So I chose Breeders because... So uh, who do you think that was, Brian? I don't know. Uh, it might it might be a demon. It might be a ghost. I don't know. I hope it's not a demon. Uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, um, for, for anyone who doesn't know, I live in a... Place I was built probably in the 1800s, I would think. It's a, it's a big building. It's called the American House, and what it was, is it was a, um, it was a restaurant for a while. Before that, though, I think it was a hotel, and then basically the owners, my landlord now, turned the bottom part into like a uh, like an ice cream shop. So I live above an ice cream shop, which is cool, and then took the old like hotel and it was a restaurant and then kind of took off the space that was a restaurant and made it into apartments. So I live in one of the apartments in uh, the place and who knows, there might be ghosts here. I know that Babe Ruth used to stay here. Oh, that's, so that's cool. Pretty cool. Yeah. He used to go hunting up in, uh, up where I live. And, um, yeah. 
So he used to stay. He might be like staying here still if he's a ghost. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, that's the thing. Like, why why would I never get, I would never get a cool ghost or spirit. I would get somebody lame, you know. Oh, yeah. Like, you never, you never get those cool ghosts in these stories, you know. Like, you you always get just like, oh, I'm angry, you know. Okay. Um, But, yeah, the place. Huh? I don't know, like, 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 yeah, like, like, you'll get some ghost that's just kind of like, is like, nobody. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you're it's just nobody. Like, I, I had a heart attack when I was 40 because I had 18 hot dogs and it <laughs> clogged my arteries and now I'm dead, you know, it's like. <laughs> I wanted to be haunted by Chris Farley if I'm going to have to get somebody. <laughs> oh my know? God, that'd be awesome. <laughs> Every time I walk in, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Um, the place you live has a very rich history, right? And so it could be, you know, that there was a, a voice. Um, and then the place where I live, I'm not even sure how old it is. I know it is an older house. Um, the room that I record in is our home office. It's just a a spare bedroom, you know, that, uh, that we have, we've turned into an office and, um, (sighs) You know, the landlord said nobody's ever died here, and I believe them 100%, but we do live down the street from the uh, Mill Springs uh, Battlefield uh, Cemetery. So, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> so was, was there like a war fought on the land, maybe? Yeah. Like- well, not necessarily. Well, I mean, it could have been like through here, but, um, but yeah, this, this, the cemetery is just down the road from me. So, you know, it's, okay. yeah. <laughs> I'm wondering yeah. if it's like Civil War era ghosts or anything, you know, like, mm-hmm. um, so I had, a few different people to analyze the audio, as you know. Um, I posted it in a Ghost Hunters group yeah. about EVPs, you know, and had them to listen to it. Everybody has their own theory on what it says. Um, I even had uh, Ayan Fee, who is a uh, spiritual technician. Um, I had his, I had him prepare me for the episode that I did where I interviewed uh, Tony Spera, who was the son-in-law of Ed and Lorraine Warren. And, yeah. um, so he kind of prepared me for that and, you know, talked to me about the negative energies that could be affiliated with that and all that. But anyway, so I had a few different people, you know, analyze it. Everybody thought it was saying something different. Um, I heard all right. The I first, heard all right, too. Yeah, when the, you told me that, it sounded like it said – so the thing is, is that – so, like, you said it sounded like all right, so I heard all right. Yeah. And then I read in the group that you post in that some people were saying, oh, it sounds like it says this. And I listened to it again. I'm like, yeah, I kind of hear that too. And then when this dude was like, was like, well, now it says like confess. And I'm like, oh shit, what the fuck? <laughs> yes, <laughs> a yawn fee. <laughs> yes, a yawn fee, um, who uh, is the spiritual technician. He <laughs> said that it's the voice was saying confess. Really? Shit. Really. What do the listeners think? Do you guys hear Laurel or Yanny? <laughs> do you remember that from like the the what? Do you remember Laurel or Yanny from like three years ago? There was that audio, and um, people were on the fence about it over whether it said Laurel or Yanny. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, 
And okay, it was so funny because we were listening. What did you hear? Do you remember it? Did you, do you remember what you heard when you listened to the Laurel or Yanny? I don't. I remember people talking about it. I don't know if I actually listened to it. Like, I listened to it. Tiffany and I both heard it at the exact same time because we're like, everybody's talking about it. Let's listen to it, right? So yeah. we played it, and Tiffany's like, wow, people are confused over that? And I'm like, I know, it quite obviously says, and I say Laurel, and she says Yanny at the same time. <laughs> well, okay, so so here's the thing with, like, the confessing. The minute you were like, this guy says that, it definitely says confess. Then I'm like, I'm like, oh, my God, did I do something that I, right? like, blacked out? That was And, like, fault. I murdered someone and buried them, like, <laughs> in, in, like, a... In, like, a black lot somewhere, you know? Right, yeah. Well, he <laughs> asked fuck? me... Yeah, he asked me, he's like, are there any um, crimes on your or fa- or your or Brian's uh, families or anything? And I said, the only crime that was on my side would be my uncle's murder. But that was solved. They knew who did it. Mm-hmm. He went to prison, got out, then ended up going back to prison because it was such a great idea to let him out. And, you know, so, um, it, you know, it it wasn't really like a unsolved case or anything. And then, you know, that was when I asked you, you said you hadn't had anything, you know, anything like that. Well, like I started thinking about, I was like, I was like, what have I done that I can confess to? Mm -hmm. And I was like, there was a time in high school that I stole that, that book on punk rock from Hot Topic. And I'm like, uh, that was it. The spirit has been lifted. There's there's (laughs) been times that I lied to people about like to get out of things. Oh yeah. Who doesn't do that? Why don't you come over today? And I'm like, I'm sick. Yeah. Meanwhile, I just want to watch movies (laughs) or I want to like go outside. You know, I don't want to hang out. You know, you know, I tell Trevor, you know, my buddy Trevor all the time. Um, Mm -hmm. we need to normalize saying, no in this society like if you if you message me okay and you say you know say we had plans or whatever you message me and you're like you know i just don't want to hang out today i'm just not i'm just not feeling it you know Mm -hmm. like your natural instinct you're thinking that i'm gonna be offended you know like i'm gonna be like well dude like we had plans like you don't want to hang out with me you know no okay no we should normalize that. Like, not everybody I wants so, to too. do stuff all the time. Like, you know, yeah. if you and message it's, me, it's okay to not want to do something. It doesn't yeah, mean I hate you. It means right now, no, I don't want to do that. Exactly. <laughs> like, if you message me and say, "I don't," you know, "I don't want to come over. I don't really want to do anything. I just want to hang out, watch movies, and be like, okay, cool. You know, we'll try for another yeah. day. Awesome. I don't, I don't get offended by that. I, uh, <laughs> I, I, I think that that's something we need to normalize instead of. You know, having to feel like we have to make up an excuse so we don't offend the other person. You know, why is the other person being offended? You know, so yeah. this is my thoughts on it. But but yeah, so the voice I feel like was obviously just me moving around. Probably. Yeah. Um, when, and- when when we record when we when we were when we were talking, like I was like moving stuff on the floor. I yeah. was also like walking like like this whole time I was walking around, I've been clearing my throat. Yeah. And yeah. I'm, I'm trying not to like make any noises. Like I was drinking soda from a can and yeah. I was like, I gotta do this very quietly. Cause, like, <laughs> and like no. No. I, I told Emily I told Emily, I was like I was like, Maybe we should like ask it something and then she's like, 
she's like, don't do that. You'll invite a spirit in. And then she was, and I was like, well, maybe I'll get the Ouija board because I have this like Ouija board that I bought at like a flea market. She's yes. Like, <laughs> she's like, well, but she's like, she's like, when you use a Ouija board, you open things, and people say you need to close it after you're done, otherwise you leave like the portal open. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to do that. Right. No, you I know? had, uh, yeah, I, I, you had texted me about the Ouija board, and I was like. Yeah, get it, do it, bust out the Ouija board. And you're like, Emily says no. Well, Emily said that she's going to sage the apartment. So, I mean, if this fucking thing wants to say anything, now is your fucking chance. Because if you're going to be a dick, I don't want you in here. Right? Yeah. And, you know, I I told Tiffany the same thing. I'm like, maybe I should, like, have a priest come in and, like, bless the house or something. And she's like, we're not Catholic. And I'm like, yeah, but my famous thing is I like to say that I'm an almost Catholic um, because when I was a teenager, I, I didn't know really where I fit into in the world of religion. And, you know, I, I think every teenager kind of goes through that, you know, what is your relationship to a creator, you know, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And I, I found that I really related a lot to Catholicism, but I never fully converted because it just wasn't something that I just didn't, I didn't feel like I fit in any specific box, you know, yeah. for a religion. And so I never fully converted, but I have like a lot of like you know, a, a lot of feelings about Catholicism, you know, and Tiffany's like, is Brian Catholic? And I'm like, I don't, I, I was, I was raised Catholic. So I, I went through all the motions. I did my communion, my confirmation, uh, the right. So like my, my, my middle, my, like, I guess like confirmation name is Francis, mm-hmm. but I never, I never took religion. Like, like I, like I don't have a problem with people who like, are religious yeah i just never i was I, even when i was a little kid i was like eh. yeah you know? i mean like I, I never i never thought it was like actually real my one friend described he's like he's like god isn't like an actual person he's like it's a feeling he's like mm-hmm. he's like it's like you know like a thing that that gives you that that like spiritual energy and i think he's like he's like baptist not baptist i don't know he's like some like religious thing where like they sing fun music mm-hmm. in church not like because i went to catholic church up until eighth grade mm-hmm. and literally like the chanting like boring <laughs> you know? yeah like i was just like so like oh god like can you at least make this fun you know <laughs> exactly okay that's how i feel i feel like that a lot of people are turned off by religion because of <laughs> you know just it's it's not enticing them enough it's not interesting enough now i went to church with my grandparents up until i was like seven and at their church like they had one of those fire and brimstone preachers up there who um you know he just he's yelling the whole time i'm afraid you know i feel like he's gonna beat me with like a bible or something you know and i just wasn't comfortable you know so i i stopped going and um i just i've never really like i said i've never really put myself into a box when it comes to religion um but but yeah so if you you know if you want to have emily sage the house and uh you know, I was thinking, because I, I do want to tell you something here. I don't know if I ever told you. Um, mm-hmm. When I did interview Tony Sparrow, the son-in-law of Ed and Lorraine Warren, um, I it was a back and forth between himself and myself um, for about a month or so yeah. of him, of just, you know, trying to pin down a, a date and time to record. And I was messaging him back and forth, and we confirmed the date, we confirmed the time, um, I laid my phone down on my desk, 
and it started typing by itself. Not English. Oh, shit. Just randomly. Just randomly. And obviously, it's a glitch, right? It happens all the time to people. Um, right? You know, I mean, like, it, to me, it happens a lot. I don't know. Maybe I'm just cursed or something. But it, it like, started typing by itself. And I was like, I was like, Annabelle, is that you? You Did know? it type anything? Did it type, like, words? I think it just typed a bunch of Fs, I think, or something. <laughs> obviously, the key was stuck, you know? Yeah. Um... You know, no no big deal, but uh, I had that incident, and then we had, last week, The Voice. And yeah. I want to mention, too, for anybody listening, that you and I recorded the segments for episodes one and two of the season at the same time. Yeah. And we had just finished our discussion about Amityville and the franchise <laughs> and all of that, and then... <laughs> The voice. So, you know. <laughs> it, it all ties in somehow, right? It does. But so 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 here's my here's my thing on ghost. Okay. So I kinda believe in ghosts. I don't know, ghosts ghosts like kinda like intrigue me, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like they're scary. I don't think that ghosts are like, you know, the ghost in the uh like the Annabelle movies. Right. Or anything like that. Mm-hmm. You know, um what ghosts do they intrigue me. They kind of scare me. I'm like on the, so like when I think of a ghost, I don't think of a spirit as in like a sentient spirit from a person. Mm-hmm. I think of, you know, energy. So like, I, I like I was watching this one ghost show and they were like, every night at 12 o'clock, you see the lady in white walk down the stairs. And they showed like all these different videos of like this thing going down the stairs. Mm-hmm. And like, I saw someone describe that as, um, so I, you know how like time is kind of like linear. Yeah. It's not like supposed to be like, I don't know how to say it, you know, but, but time, time is like, you know, on top of each other. Right. It um, overlaps. So people say that a ghost is a very, um, like an intense feeling or like sensation that burned itself into time. And that's why you can see it. You know, sometimes you see ghosts. Right. You're actually seeing that alternate whatever. That that's cool actually. That's a really way a really awesome way of thinking about that. It makes yeah. me feel a lot better. Um <laughs> you know, about, but then, <laughs> about Yeah, but then also like like you get like these EVPs about like you know, like confess or all right. Which I thought I said all right because you were like, Why don't you talk about the movie Breeders? And he goes, All right. Yeah, exactly. I I yeah. thought to me. And and the thing was, I started off that segment, I said, all right, was the first word I said. Yeah. And then, you know, I ask you, talk about breeders. And you hear, all right, or something, whatever it was, you know. And, yeah. uh, you know, everybody has had their own theories on what it said. One of my favorite was, um, was help me or something, something like that. I'm like, okay, yeah. first of all, it does not sound like that. At all. It absolutely doesn't. <laughs> absolutely does not. That's a generic ghost thing. Isn't it? It's a generic. Help me, like, like, Obi Wan. Like, you're my only hope. Yeah. Like, like, why can't a why can't a ghost just say something like completely like nonsensical, <laughs> like hot pocket, you know, or like pizza pie, <laughs> Mama Mia, you know, like like why like why does it always have to be something ominous? Like, yes. Help me. Confess. Murder. <laughs> You know, it's like, I don't know. <laughs> well, what I thought was interesting was Yomfi said that just because it was saying confess did not mean that 
either you or I had something to confess. It could have been that the spirit needed to confess. And yeah, that's what I thought too when when you said yeah. that, I was like, oh shit. I was like, did Babe Ruth like fucking like, <laughs> knock out a hooker and like <laughs> No. Like, you know what happened? Like, what happened? Babe Ruth stole the last hot pocket. Oh my god. That bastard. <laughs> Hey, this is Brian with another movie review. So for this week, I'm doing something a little bit different. It's not a horror movie per se. It's more of like a drama, not even a thriller. It's just, just kind of like a good movie. It's actually um, called Miracle Mile and it has, I forgot his name, but he's in Revenge of the Nerds. And basically, what's really cool about this movie is it's an end-of-the-world apocalyptic movie. It's from the 80s, and it, you know, was filmed during the Cold War when, you know, we were pointing missiles at Russia, and Russia was pointing missiles at us. Basically, everyone was pointing missiles at everyone. So, the cool thing about this movie is once they kind of get word that the, mu- that the missiles will be arriving in about an hour, the movie switches into real time, and then... There's only an hour left of the movie, and it plays out exactly in real time, which is, like, super fucking cool. Also, this movie has, like, kind of a pretty sad ending. Um, it's kind of, like, endearing, I guess. I'm not going to give it away, but I, I kind of like it. I think it's a very well-made movie. I think, you know, uh, I think that if you're in the movies that are kind of post-apocalyptic and stuff like that, that you should definitely check it out. It's got a DVD release. It may have a Blu-ray release. Um, But yeah, really enjoyable film from the 80s. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Dawson here, and I'm back with episode three of season three for Beam Me Up Scotty. And today I have a very special guest. This woman is my best friend. And just so I can talk a little bit less, I'm going to let her introduce herself. Hey, everybody, it's Robin. All right, that's enough talking for you. Anyways, so today we're going to actually be talking about a novel that was turned into a a movie. So the novel turned movie is The Ritual. In 2011, it was published by Joe Barton and released in the UK in 2017. It was directed by David Bruckner. It was released on Netflix in 2018, and here we are. So it somehow stumbled its its way to, to my to my TV. I don't know how I stumbled upon it. Actually, Robin and I decided last week that we were going to do this together just to say I've had her on the show, which is, you know, cool. I want her to be more part of my life, which, you know, this kind of adds on. So the movie, the ritual was kind of all over the place. Honestly, if you've seen any cult movie, it's bleh. It's like a really, really ugly step cousin of the Blair Witch Project. um so it's got the it's got woods obviously it's got it's got cult members but it doesn't have the overused demonic entities it does have a norse bastard son of loki actually which is kind of cool you know they they name dropped and they also had to mention that he was a bastard son so poor loki for having his tea spilt but it is what it is also so I didn't even get to the the weirdest part. Not even five minutes. Well, it was probably five minutes in. Someone dies. It takes another 45 minutes to an hour for someone else to die. And then everybody, two other people die within the next 20 minutes. It's like I said in the beginning, it's kind of all over the place. It's, 
on my scale of one to ten of should watch, maybe a four, maybe a five, just to say you've watched it. I mean, I actually skimmed an article earlier saying that ten reasons why the Netflix film The Ritual is better than the book. And if that's the case, I'm sorry for the uh, publisher. Uh, <laughs> I really hate that because nine times out of ten, the book is always better than the movie. But in this case, I just I don't want to believe that because the movie wasn't that good. I mean, it had certain aspects to it. Once they, once they got in the woods, weird stuff started happening, of course. As soon as they got in the woods, it wasn't a couple of days in. It was the first night they stumbled along to a cabin, and crazy shit started happening. And <clears throat> my favorite part of the movie was it wasn't just one person that all this crazy shit started happening to. It was all of them. I mean, they all, they all felt it. They all knew something was going on. But what also kind of bothered me is that they didn't they didn't recognize it they didn't say what are we doing we need to go right back or we need to go this way they they decided to follow follow a friend who actually got hurt towards the beginning of the movie and so in my opinion he wasn't all there he was just kind of lucid in a sense so they listen to him because he knows best as he's in pain which it's not always true but in this case it's not true either but um so they, they listen to the guy who got hurt. They go down a trail. As they continue to go down this path, you know, naturally bad shit starts to happen. One by one they go. And towards the end of the movie, they finally they finally get to the Norse god. Did I say Norse or pagan? It's supposed to be Nordic. Yeah, he's Nordic. Okay. Anyways, so as they're running through the woods, the the Nordic god starts chasing them. And they come to this illuminated path full of lanterns, and it brings them to a small village. So they naturally go to the first cabin they see, and as soon as they get into the cabin, they've they're don't don't forget that they're being chased by a fucking god. Anyways, they get in the cabin, they slam the door, they're laying on the ground, you know, gathering composure and whatnot. And one guy looks up, he looks around, and next thing you know, he's getting kicked in the face. So it pans to the next scene, which they're in a cellar. And I thought this part was weird that whenever they, the cult members finally came to them, they gave one guy water, which, spoiler alert, he was the chosen one. And the other guy was supposed to be used as a sacrifice. They take him upstairs. And before they take him upstairs, they hit him in the face with something. But they take him upstairs and you hear all this, screaming, growling, just just gross shit. And then when once they bring the guy back down, nothing's wrong with him really. I mean, he had just gotten hit in the face before he went up there. So like, was it just scare tactics or what? So that really kind of left me scratching my head. There was a lot of a lot of moments in this movie like that and but I will say, once the quote unquote chosen one finally breaks free of the chains he was in, he gets out of the room, runs upstairs, lights some dead people on fire, which are the followers, and comes back downstairs, and the witch that was in the house is right there staring at him. And this dude cold cocks her. It was the best part of the movie. Robin and I both cracked up. So, all in all, if you're bored, watch the movie. If you're not, take my opinion. As you can tell, this hasn't been my favorite movie to review, but 
we did both agree that we would watch a terrible movie. We would find, we would go out of our way to find a terrible movie to watch. And yet again, Netflix has not let us down. So here we are, season three, episode three for Beam Me Up Scotty. As always, guys, we appreciate it. We thank you. I want to thank Robin for coming on and sitting here and looking beautiful with me. Robin, would you like to say any last words? No, just bye. (laughs) Well, you heard it, guys. Just bye. So, as always, like I said, thank you for everything you guys do. We love you. Thanks for the support. Uh, Check us out on Twitter, Instagram. We're on Facebook. Shoot us a message. Leave us a comment. Give us a like. We're always up for any feedback you guys would like to give us. Thank you, and have a good night. What's up, buddy? Hey, man. I'm just in the middle of my wave meditation right now. Wave meditation? Okay. Okay. Um, do I need to you've go? Done you've, you've, you've done it before, right? Wave meditation? Uh, no. No. Oh, well, you know, wave meditation has been around for a long time. What I do is I, um, you know, I get myself in a very calm um, uh, state, and I just stroll. I just, wherever it could be, and I just wave at things. You know, I don't expect any wave back. Like right now, as I'm talking to you, I'm waving to a tree. I have no expectations of it waving back to me. And it's like I'm giving without any expectation of receiving. Um, yesterday, I waved at a couch for two hours. It wasn't it wasn't my couch. It was like a couch someone dumped in the street. Uh, okay. It, okay. That, that doesn't matter. I waved at a box of Fruit Loops in a grocery store the other day. Uh, the, free, the funny thing is, I actually thought, what if Toucan Sam waved back? I knew, I knew it wasn't going to happen. Uh... But um, but a part of me was thinking, wow, you know, it'd be pretty amazing if it did. I'm going to... It's a very, 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 very rare circumstance. I can wave a lawnmower. Don't say anything. You'll ruin it the whole moment. Just don't say anything. You can't do a side wave, a normal wave. And you got to be very quiet. You got to do a certain type of up and down wave, like a child wave. So I'm like, yeah. Okay, oh, so. That was amazing. That was incredible. Oh, I feel like invigorated. I don't know. I feel uh, it energizes my soul. Um, okay. Oh, God. Hold on a second. This guy's waving at me. I don't like when people wave at I don't. I don't wave at people. Don't, I don't even know that guy. I got to go. I got to go. I don't like, why, why are you waving at me? Hey everyone, Dawson here again, and I'd like to take a quick second to tell you a bit about the Anton Yelchin Foundation. Created in 2017 by Anton's parents, Victor and Irina, the Foundation's mission is to empower and support young people engaged in creative arts who face career challenges due to debilitating disease or disability, and awards grants to eligible applicants, and brings their work to a wider audience. The grant application period is open year-round. If you would like more information or would like to volunteer your services, your time, or skills to the Foundation, please visit their website at antonyelchinfoundation.org. Again, if you would like more information or would like to volunteer your services, your time, or skills to the Foundation, please visit their website at antonyelchinfoundation.org. Thank you all for listening.